is nothing like the presence of God. His presence is incredible. You know, you can search, you can go all around this earth and see so many different glories, as they put it, of the world. But when it comes to the presence of God, it is second to none. And nothing can fill that void, that emptiness, apart from his presence. And so with that, I'm going to just share something today. I really felt um, this, this um, is it a couple of weeks ago, I, I didn't know what to share. Um, and I just, just um, felt I should share this word upon asking the Lord. And I want to read Psalms 42, a very familiar verse of scripture. Psalm 42, verse 1 to 7, and it reads this. It says, As the heart panteth after the water, Brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul first for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of the Jordan and of the Hemorites and from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water sprouts, all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Today, I want to talk about pressing into God. Um, we know that um, when it comes to pressing into God, it's, it's not a, a quick process. It's a lengthy affair. And we can't depend upon our own grace or, or, or strength or ability we need to rely wholly upon him because it's, it's, it's a spiritual thing. It's not something that you can go to university and learn. It's something that God, by his mercies and his grace, pours upon us as we press into his presence. And we, you know, like when we pray, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's, it's some, some person would describe it like, we're in a, like, a, there's different levels of the presence of God, right? And you would, 
you'll have like puddles and then you just go like deeper into levels until you experience like overwhelming sensations of the presence of God. And with all of that, that comes at a price. It just can't happen. We just can't walk into a room and say, right, I want to experience like a deep presence of the sense of the Lord. You, it's something that you have to really pay the price for. But truly, in when each of us, and I'm sure many of us have experienced, just like inklings of that, just with overwhelming senses of the presence of God, where it just you just feel touched and changed to the point where you just say to yourself, wow, I'm not the same anymore. This is what I'm talking about, that the Lord wants us to engage in more. He wants us just like that because it's in those times where there's transformation. And it's in those times when there's revelation to change you and make you into the person that God wants you to be. You start to see yourself differently. You start to walk differently. You don't talk the same. You don't think the same. You can't think the same because of what you've experienced. And because of the day and the time that we're in now, we cannot afford anything less than the deep presence of God and to be pressing into the presence of the Lord. This is the only thing that will really sustain us. The Bible says, as we all know, Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow. There is a protection. When you dwell in the presence of the Lord, there is a shadow. It is it's like you are engulfed. It's like when you're walking. I don't know if you've seen the Weetabix advert. Do you remember the Weetabix? Sorry, I'm showing my age here. Sorry. Uh, the, the, is it ready break? Oh. <laughs> Sorry, oh dear. <laughs> There's a ready break advert. I remember years ago when the person's eaten their ready break, they can walk along the streets. There's a glow. You know, and it's, you feel like the, yeah. So what I'm saying is that that presence is like that, symbolic in the sense that God will protect you because you're dwelling in his presence. And there are a few people, um, there's a couple of people I wanted to look at in the Bible that pressed in and experienced the presence of God. And they saw God meet their situation or their need. The first one I want to look at is in Mark chapter 5, and verse 24, 25 to 34. And it reads this, it says... And a certain woman, which had the issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things, many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but 
rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, everybody say Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straight away, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. And turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? For his and his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee. And seest thou who touched me? And he looked around about to see her. And, then, and, and, and her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him the truth. And he said to her, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. And be whole of the plague. The scripture says how this woman had a hemorrhage for 12 years. Had seen many doctors, many physicians to seek to get this resolved. But the scripture says how she had to press in to get the results she needed. You could imagine, I mean in those days as well, if someone had that kind of situation... They would be isolated. But this woman didn't care. She was in the... And could you imagine the people said, Get away! Just pushing away. She was pressing. She was pressing. And it's like that when we're in the presence of God. Because it's like our, you have our flesh. Listen, I was, when I was praying for this message yesterday, I was saying, I said, you're bored, aren't you? I said, yeah, I'm bored. I was preparing for the message. <laughs> the word of the Lord. I said, yeah, I was just feeling bored. It's like that. You're pressing in. You, you want to go further, but it's like the flesh is saying, oh, I want to go and do something more exciting. I want to go and do something more enjoyable. But when you're pressing in, I'm telling you, you have to discipline this flesh. It's like a dog on a lead. You've got to pull the dog, tell it where to go. Because if we don't, we won't experience that encounter. And it takes time. It takes discipline. It takes determination to get there. And she was desperate. She did not care about what people were saying. She did not care what the, she didn't care what the flesh was doing. Because she want, all she wanted to do is to be healed. She couldn't see anything else. Because she persisted, because she was determined, she was, and she was hungry. That's the other thing. You've got to be hungry. You've got to be desperate. You've got to want this more than anything. And let me say, let me add this. There is so much distractions in this world, I'm telling you. You know, deliberately, 
I've not got TikTok on my phone. Because I said to my, I, I can't, I can't handle it. Look, I've got Instagram. I've got Facebook. Having TikTok, that will just, one night I went to Josiah's room. I hope you don't mind me saying. And I found it on TikTok. And you thought, sleeping. I said, no, nah, I can't be handling that one, man. Because I know that's an addictive thing. TikTok. Could just go as you're scrolling. And they're all interesting things. But it can get you distracted. And so I, for me, I can't. I'm not saying that pushing it on anyone here. But for me, I can't take it right now. There's, <laughs> I'm struggling with what I've got. <laughs> Those who hunger for the presence of God, we, we, we need to press into him, press into seeking him so we can experience deeper levels of glory. Because, you know, if we're satisfied with what we're experiencing, we're going to experience religion. That's exactly what happens when you are totally satisfied. And we need to be honest. Are we satisfied with what we're having? Because if we are, then we'll go through the form, ceremony, tradition. And we don't want that. And certainly in the day that and the time that we're in, that ain't gonna, that ain't gonna wash. Because the devil will be able to see that. And so he'll be able to this take you aside, you and I aside, if that's what we want. And we don't want that. Amen? We want to be seen greater levels in God. Encounters. And so she encountered something that transformed her life forever. The other one I want to look at is, in, is Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, verse 23 to 28. It says this. It says, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Keep them secure. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. And the Bible says in, in verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and, by this time they were all bruised, you know, battered, <laughs> been thrown in prison, whipped. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. Wow, this is levels, you know. I don't know about you, but if, if I was beaten and whipped, I, I don't know if I'd be doing that right now, I'll be honest. They were praying and they were singing hymns. Now that for me is pressing. They were pressing in the pain, in the, with their scars. They, were, they, they experienced humiliation, etc. But they were praying and singing to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. 
Then suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately the doors were opened and everyone's chains was loosed. God's power came down because of the prayers, because of the worship, because of the singing. They pressed in and they experienced a breakthrough. Chains were broken. They pushed through that flesh. You know, sometimes the, the feelings is, is quite dominant in our, in our makeup. And so they pushed beyond that. And with all the pain as well, all the suffering. And they said, you know what? We're going to thank the Lord. You know, the Bible says, in everything gave, that was a classic example in everything with their pain with their torture, they gave thanks to God and they broke through and they experienced the presence of God and it was so great that the whole place shook. Could you imagine that? If we was worshipping here and then... Wow, that was very powerful. Anyway, let's get away. <laughs> if we was worshipping here and then all of a sudden there was like an earthquake then people will start to run, come to the church. Listen, man, lead me to Jesus. Lead me to Jesus. That would be powerful because the, of the praise that would have been lifted up to the Lord. That's a similar situation that took place here in the sense that there was an earthquake and the chains fell off. So what am I saying? Press through. Push through. In regards to seeking the Lord. And I'm, I'm not talking about, it's, listen, it's great to pray and we need to pray. But we need to continue to pray and press in and wait and allow his glory. Because there's a presence of God called the Shekinah glory. When the Shekinah glory comes, it changes everything. It's, it's, it's incredible. From what I've seen in the scriptures and the little I've seen. So they pushed way beyond their emotions, their fears, their anxieties. Oh, wow. You know, sometimes... No, actually, I was going to just say this other thing. Even when they felt discouraged, they just sat, they just probably just, just said, Lord, thank you for this. They must have felt really dis disgruntled, but yet they were thanking God. And that's the type of thing that we should feel as well. Even when we may feel angry and uh, there's anxiety and stuff like that, I just want to encourage all of us, just, just sit Say, Lord, I, 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 I feel quite discouraged, you know. I feel, Lord, I, I don't really want to do this, whatever. But, Father, can you just help me where I'm at right now? Just be honest with him. Tell him what's going on. So then you can press in. Because then, in, that, in your weakness, then his strength can be made perfect. The grace can come. 
Because you're not relying upon your ability. You're not relying upon anything that you've done in past years. Yeah, I know this little technique. Let me use this technique. This, this will work. No, no, no. We can't be doing that. We've got to rely upon his grace. And that's exactly what Paul and Silas did. They didn't rely upon anything other than his grace and ability. So let's look at something here that I feel that would really help us. Um, there's something called the, the tabernacle of Moses. I'm sure many of us know what that is. But basically, it basically was where the presence of God, the, the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant actually resided. And the Ark of the Covenant, there was, in order to get to that place, the priest, he had to do so many different things. Um, John Mark, I don't know if you're able to show my picture okay I know it's not a very sophisticated one I'm sorry guys but you know um, you can google it and have a look online it's very basic and bland but it's just sharpen it that's right okay so in this picture I wanted to so the whole point of this of the sacrifices and stuff like that before Jesus came, every year, the priests would have to go into the place, as you can see it, in the holies of holies, eventually. But the sacrifices would be done where it says, altar of the burnt offerings. But before he would go in there, he would come in, obviously, with sacrifices of praise and stuff like that, enter in. And let me just read those different things that would actually take place because it was, it's quite significant. And maybe one day we'll do a study. I'm just going to hit high spots on this because this is quite detailed. So they would come in. So in they have the outer courts and the animals were sacrificed daily on the bronze altar. And then behind the bronze altar was the bronze laver and the and the brazen altar, the altar of sacrifice where the Israelites sacrificed and offered their sacrifices. So that's where the sacrifices were done. So they brought all of their sacrifices. So it was done for one year. Every year it had to be done. And the um, sins of the people was forgiven every year. So then we go on to the next section that says, and so before we move on to that, that illustrates Christ's death on the cross and the sacrifice was made for all. So we don't need to do any more sacrifices anymore because of what Jesus has done, right? So then we move on to the, the laver and the basin of the water where the priests washed themselves before entering the holy place. And this illustrates the New Testament baptism, um, the washing with the water through the word. So that's where the labor was. 
Now I'm getting to a point with all of this. You think, what the heck is all this is going on? I'm coming, don't worry. We're getting there, right? Then you have the table of the shoe bread. And this, um, this is the bread of the presence was 12 loaves continually replenished bread in the holy place, eaten only by the priests. Um, before I go on, I just want to actually add as well. The Bible says that we are all kings and priests now, right? So we can go into the presence of God anytime. But this is how it was in the Old Testament. I'm just highlighting, right? So we have this opportunity. We can go into the presence of God anytime. But, so, and this illustrates the word of God continually, um, the word of God coming continually and daily into our lives. The word of God being read, the word of God being we, we, us actually feeding off the word of God. And that is in the, with the, the table of the showbread, which is here. So this is, and this is called, which is not labeled, the outer courts. So as we're going into the presence of God, sometimes it's like we're, we're in the outer court and we need to go, we Our goal is to get to here, the holy of holies. But there's a process that we're having to go through. Then you have the lamp stand. And this is, which was like a seven branch lamp stand, provided light in the enclosed holy place. And this illustrates that the people of God are to be the light of the world. And that the Holy Spirit is to fuel us and the oil fuels the lamp stand. So this is why, it's, it, again, um, that's, that was sin, but that, um, the presence of God, as we continue to be in the Holy, with the Holy Spirit and stuff like that, the Holy Spirit will inspire us, he will enlighten us, but that's, the lamp stand is symbolic of the, the Holy Spirit for today is my point. Then you have the altar of incense. And this table, it placed it was placed in front of the veil into the holy place where the incense was burned before the Lord. And this illustrates the prayers. So there was like a, a altar of incense like a round thing and it would just be continually being burnt. And then you have the Ark of the Covenant. And that was in here, in the Holies of Holies. And where that black line is, there's a, there's a big curtain there. So apparently the, the priest would move the curtain back once a year. And then he would um, start to worship. And then the presence of God would come. But there was a process that he had to go through. He had to go through the altar of burnt offerings, the laver. Then he had to, remember, this is all the outer court. So he would enter here with praise. He would then do the, the altar of burnt offerings, the laver. Um, and then he would go to into the holy place. And then he would eventually arrive at the holy of holies. And that was an inside the Ark of the Covenant. It has the word of God which is symbolizing us. Basically, the Ark of Covenant is symbolizing us in that God's 
We are bringing the presence of God everywhere and his word is to be residing in us, which is why the, uh, the, the tablets are in the Ark of the Covenant to symbolize like we, walk of the, we should walk of the word of God. So my point is this, right? The reason why I wanted to bring this out is that as we're going to draw closer to God, as we're pressing into God, we have to go through those processes of washing ourselves with the word, allowing the Holy Spirit to illuminate us and killing the flesh. There's a process in order for us to actually reach the holies of holies and the true Shekinah glory. We have to go through this. We need to come from the east gate, go into the outer court, go through the lave um, and the burnt offerings. There's sacrifices. There's things that we need to sacrifice in order to get to that place. God may be saying to you, you need to sacrifice this in order to get that. Do you see? And in order for us to experience that true Shekinah glory and that change and the presence of God, we need to respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying now in our lives so that we can really experience the glory and the presence of God and also what he has destined us to do. That Greek word for press, it means to foot race or to run swiftly in order to catch some personal thing. Now, there's a thing about the Lord, right? When he is, um, you know, like um, when, you know, like when you're a Christian for the first time and then what happens is you're so excited, you're full of zeal, you're full of fire. And then all of a sudden, about, what, maybe about, what, two years, two, three years, you just, you just find yourself like, boy, what, what's, my prayers are not being answered anymore. What's, what's, what's going on? It feels dead. It feels like God's not there. But what God is actually doing, he's actually drawing back because you're of age now. So he's actually tr- he's teaching you, he said, listen, you, you, uh, you, if you want me, you have to come for me. You can't just... You have to pursue me. So he's moving out the way. And this is where this word press comes. Foot race to run swiftly in order to catch someone. Because he behaves, excuse me to say this, but you'll understand when I say this. You know like when you are pursuing a woman, she plays hard to get. So when Mel used to play hard, no, I'm just joking. (laughs) Um, God is like playing hard to get so that we can pursue him and chase after him. Because it's important that we realize that God has not left us if it feels like as we're going through that process of, as we're seeking the Lord, Lord, why aren't you there anymore? It doesn't feel like my prayers are being answered. It doesn't feel like you're responding to me in the same way. It just means that God is wanting you to draw closer and he wants you to press in in your relationship. So that's what this is all about.
I just want to give at least one thing I, I would like to deposit in our hearts that would really help us in order to press into God before we go. I want to give you something. How can we press in? And in Exodus chapter 33, Verse 12 to 23, it says this. It says, one day Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me I know you by name and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you are uh, you look favorably on me let me know your ways so i may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor and remember that this nation is your very own people then the lord replied i personally will go with you moses and i will give you rest and everything will be fine for you then moses said If you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me and on the the people if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people and the earth. Then the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. And Moses responded, Then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I will make all of my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you, for I will show mercy to anyone I choose. I will show compassion to anyone I choose, but you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, look, stand near me on this rock as my glorious presence passes by. I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see from behind. But my face will not be seen. So he not only wanted God to take him and the children of Israel, he did not only want God to personally take him. He didn't want an angel. He wanted God to take him. But he not only wanted that, he was, so my point here is that he was not satisfied. He was totally dissatisfied with just having the status quo, having the angel. He wanted God to go with him. But he wanted more than that. So he was pressing in. He wanted more. He wanted to see God. And so he requested of that and he pushed forward and I'm saying that to say we too must be dissatisfied 
We must not be satisfied with where we are with the Lord. We must not be happy. Like, oh, this is good enough. This, this will help me to get along. We must be totally disgruntled with how we are. Because if we're happy with where we are, we need to ask the Lord, help me. And with that, I want to just pray for us today. I want to pray that God will help every one of us to press in. This word is for every one of us so that we can draw closer to him. We really need the Lord like never before. Let's pray. Father, I come before you with your people, Lord. We bow our hearts. Lord, we bow our knees to you. Lord, in reverence and in honor of who you are. And we pray that you will help us, Lord. You see where we're at. You see our nakedness. You see our weakness. You see all of our weaknesses that, Lord, we, we struggle with. Lord, we want to press in and draw closer to you. Lord, can you help us? Lord, because we are weak, we don't know what we're doing, Lord, and you know everything. And Lord, this morning, I pray you'll strengthen your people. Refresh your people. Refresh all of us, Lord. Lord, because we all need you. Every one of us, to the, from the oldest to the youngest. Lord, and we want to press in. So, Father, we pray for the grace to be able to press in and spend time with you like we've never done before. Long times of peri period of times of, of this it basking in your presence, hearing from you, receiving instructions from you, receiving guidance from you, receiving healing from you, receiving direction from you. Father, we come before you and we thank you today for grace to be able to walk in what you've ordained. I commit every person Father, under the sound of my voice, Father, those online and here, those here, here present, pray for your presence and your grace once again. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.